2: It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong, I feel free, I know every part of me is beautiful, and I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air, show some
3: love to the mirror while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time, cause you and I outweigh. Happy Saturday, Outway. I'm Leanne Ellington, and today I'm here for a solo episode, and it's one that feels really important to share, but it's also going to set the context for the interview series we have coming up starting next week. And then Amy and I will be back with the next four episodes of Two Things Can Be True at the Same Time, which is all about normalizing the in-betweens and healing from extremism. So if you missed episodes one through four, definitely go back and listen to those because we laid out some super powerful distinctions. And to be honest, I truly believe that breakthroughs come from distinctions and creating a newfound clarity in your brain or seeing what you might not have seen before. And I know my biggest breakthroughs and those of my clients came from the tiniest mindset tweaks or distinctions in our brains that just gave us revelation and wisdom and insight. And today I'm actually latching on to what Amy and I talked about in the first Two things can be true at the same time. Episode, which was you can be pro body image and pro self worth and body positive, and still have health goals that you want to reach. And so on that episode, Amy and I came together to share our thoughts and takeaways on how you can have both a healthy relationship with food in your body and work towards the goals that are important to you. But we also explicitly explain that, yes, you can absolutely go set goals for yourself, but we invite you to take a sabbatical from typical goal setting and go getting and go heal your relationship with food first and heal your relationship with your body first and rewire your brain. And then with that new brain and that new relationship with food in your body, then head in the direction of body changing and weight loss or whatever goals you have in mind. But don't skip over the healing phase or else you will bring all of the old wiring and any disorder that you might have with you. And as we've talked about many times, it does not just go away on its own or heal itself. In fact, it gets worse and festers if you don't address it. But when you do go take that sabbatical and heal, then you can absolutely go focus on some of those other goals that you might have. Now, for me, if I'm going to make a big statement like that, I want to share more about how to do just that and what that actually looks like practically, but also the why behind the what, which I believe is actually way more important because I made some massive mistakes with this and I perpetuated a lot of my own suffering, but I also learned some life-changing lessons along the way that I wish somebody had taught me when I was in the thick of my own disorder or simply told me to be aware of, and I want to help you learn from my mistakes so that you don't create any more of your own suffering because the struggles and challenges that come alongside this are inevitable, but the suffering is optional. So I'm going to lay out some important thoughts and distinctions today. And then the next three weeks, we're going to have my mentor coach and friend Holly Baxter on here to talk about a number of these things, but definitely about the specifics of what it looks like to practically have both and bring that to life. So just to paint this picture for you, I've shared before that I had been dieting since I was super young, and I got taken to Weight Watchers at eight years old. And my toxic relationship with food began and and really just got worse from there. Then, as an adult, through some of the right ways, and honestly, a lot of the wrong ways, I lost close to 100 pounds, and I made over my physical body. But because I never addressed the root cause of my struggles, I essentially gave myself disordered eating, a horrible self-image and body image, really this addiction-like relationship to food and sugar, and a very punishment-driven and dysmorphic relationship with my body. And so... Here's the part of the story that I didn't share, and this is the part of my story that for a long time, my own shame didn't allow me to share it, even though now I see that it was probably, you know, one of the most important legs of my journey. So I taught the disorder to thousands of other women, and here's what I mean. So rewind back many moons ago when I'm about, you know, four dozen Weight Watchers meetings into my sophomore year of college, and I was off to a party with friends. And my shapewear, which was, you know, the Spanx of the early 2000s, was successfully hiding as much of my body as possible and my trusty black cardigan was covering up my arms and my stomach which was exactly how I liked it and how I planned it. And I was at my heaviest weight ever, you know, topping the scales at 250 pounds, which was about 100 pounds more than most of my friends weighed. But with a couple of Coors lights in me, I really wasn't thinking about that. So much so that when I couldn't find a seat, I planted myself on the glass top coffee table. I mean, I'd been seeing people doing it all night, so I just figured like it could definitely hold me. But as I reached across to grab my red solo cup of beer, I heard a crack and then another one and then another one. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, Leanne, your fat ass just cracked the glass. And yes, I know that was not the kindest words to use to myself, but that's just how I spoke to myself at that time period. But I was mortified. My heart was racing. I was sweating. I thought I might throw up. And to this day, I don't even know if anyone even noticed because within seconds, I was up and bolted towards the door covered in blankets of my own shame and I was in my car driving home and don't worry I was below the legal limit to drive and this was one of my rock bottom moments even though I, I had quite a few of them and even though I look at my younger self with compassion now it was one of those clarifying moments when I realized that clearly things had to change because I didn't want to live the rest of my life like that. And again, I want to reiterate, as I'm sitting here now sharing this with you today, I absolutely know that the way I was talking to myself was not the kindest way to talk to myself. But that's, again, just the language I was using. And that's what was going through my mind at the time, because needless to say, the identity of fat, and yes, I'm putting that in air quotes, was very deeply ingrained in my mind and in my self-image and more importantly, in my heart. And If I'm totally honest, it was more than just seeing myself through what I now refer to as fat goggles. Because deep in my bones, I truly believed that there was something wrong with me or that I was unattractive or undesirable or unworthy. And it was embedded in my self-image and it had been for a long time. And trust me when I say that stuff doesn't just magically go away if you've been practicing it in your thoughts and beliefs and self-talk for decades. Now, that particular enough is enough point with the table cracking – It sent me down the road of losing a significant amount of weight in all the wrong ways and probably some of the right ways. Um, And that's what really sent me down the dark rabbit hole of disordered eating and pretty much everything that we talk about here on this podcast, which is obviously a much bigger conversation beyond the scope of today's episode. But for the sake of this episode, I'll fast forward to a few years after the glass table incident. So I had lost all this weight and I felt like a completely different woman. And naturally, all I wanted to do was help other women feel the way that I felt. But not wanting to just, you know, go get a quick weekend certification, I went back to school to study fitness and nutrition and all of that stuff in depth so I could actually learn and understand the science behind all of what I had experienced in my own real world weight loss journey. A lot happened in between, but I'll fast forward to a few years later to after I graduated. I started my own business, and there I was running my – it was kind of like semi-famous in Orlando, but it was called Not Your Average Boot Camp, and it was a fitness center for women in Orlando. And so in walks Laura, okay? She was 42 overfed, undernourished, and totally desperate to change, okay? She was kind of like the perfect client, you know, enthusiastic, never missed a workout, followed my nutrition plan to the T. And so day 42 of this six-week challenge came around, and she is beyond thrilled about the woman that she had become, okay? She almost didn't even recognize herself in her after pictures. She was confident, walking differently, talking differently, looking differently, but Little by little, that twinkle in her eye fizzled and four workouts a week turned into one and following the nutrition plan turned into sort of following it. And it wasn't long before she came in to talk to me. And she was like, "Leanne, Leanne, I need another six week challenge. I can't do this without it. When is it? I really need it. I really need it." Right. And in that moment, I kind of felt like I was talking to an addict that needed her next fix, you know. And I could feel myself getting really defensive and irritated. And I knew in that moment that if I put her through another challenge six weeks later, we'd be standing right here all over again. But I took it as a sign that I wasn't doing enough to help her. And I took responsibility for her situation. And so, of course, I set up the next six week challenge and another and another until one day I walked in to check in on my challengers and they were now training with a team that I had hired to work for me. And I noticed Laura was limping, okay? And I vividly remember her justifications. She was like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, I felt a, a bit of a twinge during some lunges last week, so it's probably just from that. And I'm taking it easy, though, today, and I'm gonna just go a bit lighter. And then she, like, looks over at her 20-pound pair of dumbbells compared to the 25s that she had been using because that was now her idea of taking it easy. And in that moment, I had a flashback to four years before that...
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right.
4: When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second-grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second-grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep tight stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And in that moment, I had a flashback to four years before that, where my anesthesiologist had me counting backwards from 100 as this surgical team was getting ready to go in and microscopically remove the calcified hardened disc fluid that had been sitting on my nerves for the past eight months. And it's now a procedure that I endearingly call the cost of skinny because I was so focused on getting skinny or lean or toned or hot or whatever words ruled my brain at the time that I didn't pay attention or just tune into what my body needed and what my body was screaming at me to do or in a lot of cases to stop doing. And, you know, if only I had listened to the screams from my body to to slow down and chill out and probably while you're at it, like go eat more food, Leanne, because I really was under eating. You know, maybe that all could have been avoided, but I didn't care at the time. You know, I just wanted to be skinny and beautiful. And in my mind, no back pain or injury or pesky flare up was going to stop me until it finally did stop me. And it didn't just stop me. It landed me on an operating table at Cleveland Metro for major spine surgery at the ripe old age of 25. And now there I was watching Laura hobble to her water bottle during her one minute rest interval. And I knew that if I didn't do something about what I was seeing, pretty soon my clients would be paying their own cost of skinny too. And even though I didn't 100% know what that would look like, right then and there, I decided I needed to change everything. And I was ready to go from, you know, the business of the body to the business of the brain. So fast forward a couple years later, and I had finally found the courage to admit and really act on my truth. And the truth was, I didn't want to be a fitness expert or a health nut or obsessed with my body and every morsel of food that touched my lips. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit I tried all of those roles on, but they all left me either, you know, living a life and in a body that made me really unhappy or living in a body that kind of pleased me, but in a way that left me really unhappy and totally unhealthy. And so I went from feeling, you know, majorly out of control of my body and dependencies and addiction like connections to food and acting with complete disregard for my body for so many years to the opposite, you know, restriction, control, punishing my body and convincing myself to do all the things I thought I needed to do to never go back to my old ways. But the old stuff never went away. I just pushed it aside. I locked it up and I worked my booty off to stay the course until I finally said, like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I was nearing 30 years old, but I knew like if I kept practicing this way of living and being, pretty soon I'd be 40 and 50 and 60 and bring all of this with me. And that honestly just scared the crap out of me. So I literally just stopped, you know, and it was I remember it was kind of like this spiritual experience for me, to be honest, because all of a sudden I started asking myself questions that I had never even thought to ask, you know, questions that weren't really even in my consciousness at the time. And, you know, things like, what if I just start listening to my body? And what if I just start listening to my brain? And what if I just start listening to my heart? And finally, some honest answers came pouring out of me. And, you know, my body basically said, you know, you're friggin' lucky. You know, all this beating up and abusing of your body, you know, you're lucky that spine surgery and feeling like a sugar addict were the worst of it. And, you know, you've been choosing weight loss over vitality and health and freedom for far too long. And I'm feeling it. You know, that's what my body was saying. And my brain was saying, you know, you're maxed out and you're overworked and overtrained and overscheduled. And on top of that, you're you're starving yourself most of the time. And then you're gluttonously overstuffing yourself. And then you furiously obsess about it. And it's almost like I knew that I had it handled for for now. But in the back of my mind, I knew I couldn't keep doing this forever. Like, that's what my brain was saying to me. And my heart was saying, you know, I'm done, you know, I'm done thinking about it and worrying and obsessing over my body and my weight and food and exercise. And I'm done pumping myself up and trying to be an air quotes, good example to others when, you know, what I really wanted was to just enjoy my life and enjoy food and enjoy my body and enjoy the fruits of my labor. And, you know, I wanted to just wear what I wanted to wear and be who I wanted to be and live with freedom and permission and choice and not all of this obligation and not because I felt trapped or afraid of what would happen if I stopped controlling and restricting myself. Like my heart was like, I want my life back. Yep, I know. It was a lot. okay, but all of that is what I had been suppressing and stuffing down for as long as I could remember. And I was just done doing that. And so here's what happened next. You know, this is when I really started to get to know my body really for the first time ever. And I started listening to my body and listening to my hunger and my cravings. And I started listening to the pain in my body. And I started listening to my frustrations and to my desires. And then then, as I was listening, I started tuning in. And again, this was a new thing for me at the time, but I started tuning into my body and my hunger and my pain instead of just ignoring it and fighting it and, and honestly outright abusing it. And, and here's what I discovered off of the back of just, you know, exploring that. First off, I found that my body needed a lot less work, not more work. I found that my body needed more food, not less food. I found that my heart and my mind needed more care and less punishment. I found that my motivation and mojo needed less convincing and coercing and persuading and more fun and more choice. I found that my sanity needed less control and more choice and freedom. I found that I needed less judgment and criticism and shame and more understanding and compassion. And that was really what led me into the first part of my own healing journey, which I had no idea would turn into a career of helping other women heal from the same things and all of the things that we talk about here on Outweigh. So back to two things being true at the same time and finding health and healing and still being able to go find that next level for yourself afterwards. And here's where I promise this story will come full circle. So fast forward to about two years ago, which was October of 2021, to be exact, when I realized that my 40th birthday was coming up in about 16 months. So naturally, it got the wheels in my t- in my brain turning. And I was like, 40 years old, like, where do I want to be? And what do I want to be able to say about myself? And how do I want to feel about myself um, and feel about my life? And among other things, one of the things that came to mind was I wanted to be my version of my health. So that meant mind, body, soul, and spirit, because I didn't want to buy into the belief that everything goes downhill as you age. I remember like that was a big part of my consciousness. But then my mind went somewhere that it had not gone in a very long time. Okay, my thoughts started moving towards hmm. I kind of want to feel like a million bucks in a bikini on a beach somewhere, okay? And so, sorry, not sorry about thinking that because I know it might sound like conflicting or even competing goals. Given that, yes, I'm absolutely about you know self love and and healing your relationship with food and your body, and to have such an air quotes you know frivolous or superficial goal, but there's a lot more to it than that for me. And so, you know, you see, back in January of 2011 was the last time that I had a goal even close to that or that I was focused on, you know, changing my physique or looking a certain way in a bikini. And it was a pivotal experience in my journey and not in the roses and butterflies kind of way either. So, I was at a photo shoot for Fitness RX magazine that I kind of got double dog dared to do. So, remember how I said I was in the fitness industry? Well, the media kind of ate up the whole, you know, fat girl to fit girl angle that my story gave them. And again, their words, not mine, but it did get me a lot of exposure on the media. And this time, however, I essentially got double dog dared by my editor to do a bikini shoot to go along these, like, they were kind of doing a before and after story about me. In So I was at this shoot and obviously I'd trained for it. And all of a sudden I am racing to the bathroom in my bikini, no less, but now with pools of my own tears streaming down my face and I didn't know what to do. And at the time I didn't fully understand, like, why was I bawling my eyes out? But like with nothing to lose, I, I I had to call my editor and just kind of let her know the exact situation and let her know, like, hey, I, I think I need to leave because, well, I'm crying my eyes out in the bathroom, OK? And she was amazing and gracious and gave me her blessing to leave. But that was the day that I now refer to as the face off between my fat head and my skinny head. Because that is when I realized that behind my, you know, the toned arms and my, you know, flat tummy and, and the body that I'd worked so hard to create, and honestly, I just assumed that would make all of my problems go away. That's when I realized that I still had what I call a fat head sitting on top of that body and seeing myself from behind those eyes, like the self image was fat. It had nothing to do with my body, right? In other words, all of that old programming and my beliefs, they were still there in my brain and they were stronger than ever. And even though I may have appeared healthy, I was so flipping unhealthy, not to mention all of the disorder and the dysmorphia and the shame. And again, this realization is what further solidified the need for my own healing and why I mentioned that it's been many moons since I focused on changing my physique or typical goal setting. So that is why when my mind went to this idea of feeling amazing in a bikini for my 40th birthday, it was so much more than just that, okay? I was now at a crossroads in my journey that I had never been I had never actually been healthy I mean like truly healthy in mind body soul and spirit and felt parallel desires to go up level which again I want to recognize that to someone who didn't know the backstory it might sound like a conflicting or competing goal to self-love and healing your relationship with food in your body and it might seem you know like a superficial or vain goal but this time around it was different Healing and keeping my freedom and my health and appreciation for my body was priority numero uno. And that's why I'm so adamant about knowing and believing that there is nothing wrong with wanting to go up level any area of your life. And that includes how you feel in your body, just not at the expense of your health and not at the expense of your happiness, And for me, that meant that I had to go discover my version of balancing those two things and the process of giving myself permission to allow multiple things to be true at the same time, that I can feel free and at ease and have this really beautiful peace with my body and with food, and I can feel accepting of my body and grateful and super proud of where I am and where I came from and where I'm going. And I'm allowed to not feel guilty for wanting to go up level and feel even more comfortable in my own skin, despite what a lot of the body positivity world says about that last one, right? So I set the following intentions. I wanted to take the peace and healing and comfort and safety around food that I had. I wanted to focus on what I do love about my body and what my body can and is able to do. And then just go move it and feed it in a way that allows me to love, like, and trust and appreciate it even more and see what it can do when I approach it in this new way, right? Healthy and brain friendly and most importantly, in a way that I can sustain it And where that just becomes my new normal, more or less, right? And that is where I had to go learn what I had not yet mastered. And that's why I'm going to share a bit more about that journey on the next few weeks of Outway, where I'm actually going to bring on the amazing woman that I sought out to work with me to help me make all of that happen. And her name is Holly Baxter, and she is going to be coming on here for the next few weeks. And we're going to walk you through some really important lessons and distinctions. In the meantime, though, I want to leave you with my biggest takeaways and honestly just the lessons I learned from my biggest mistakes that I made not only on my own journey but working in the fitness industry with so many other women in hopes that it will save you decades of time and energy and resources and suffering right and really shortcut your own journey So lesson number one is play the flipping long game, okay? That short-term gratification trap is very seductive. But if you chase the short-term highs, you'll pay for it in the long run. So yes, you know, set six-week and six-month goals. But what I really want to know is, you know, where do you want to be in a year or five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now? And more importantly, who do you want to be? What do you want to be practicing? How do you want to feel, right? Because most women think they do have to make a choice. Like, they can either live in a body that they don't love Or they think they have to hate what they have to do or who they have to be or how they have to feel to get the one that they do want, right? But I believe there is a third option because you shouldn't have to sacrifice your happiness for your health or your health for your happiness. You can have both. And that's why I'm inviting you to have this conversation now and do it once, but do it right so then you can just have it forever. But as long as you're chasing the short-term gratification trap of losing weight quickly only to gain it back or, you know, playing the short term gratification trap of going overboard now to get rapid results, but at the expense of getting to keep those results in the long run and, and honestly, you know, ending, ending up right back where you are right now, sometimes even further away right? That's what I want you to get really ahead of now. And one of my favorite quotes that we use in stressless eating is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. So let me say that again. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And I know to a lot of women that doesn't sound as sexy as lose 20 pounds in 20 minutes like, you know, Instagram or the Internet is trying to sell you. But I promise you what's even less sexy is getting results now at the expense, of getting to keep them and then ending up right back where you are right now or again in many cases worse off than you started and that's why i encourage you to play the long game and do the real work and the brain rewiring that needs to be done now so that you can have it forever and then you can focus on those more you know air quote fun goals lesson number two Stop looking for someone else to create your blueprint. Nobody can or will be able to give you the blueprint or recipe that's best for you. You have to become your own advocate and take radical ownership of your own journey and outcomes. And trust me when I say I used to pray that somebody would come save me or rescue me or just tell me what to do. But that was just keeping me a victim to my own circumstances because no one can or will give you a blueprint for what works for you, but also, you know, what works for a 20 something on Instagram or someone who has hours a day to dedicate to their health and fitness will not work for somebody who is 54 with hormone shifting and is in a totally different place in life. Right. And so for me, what that looked like was I had to stop looking for a guru or somebody to tell me exactly what to do and what to think and what was best for my body And yes, I absolutely believe in getting help and getting supported and being mentored and investing in somebody to help you learn what you haven't yet mastered. But first and foremost, I implore you to become your own advocate and become your own mad scientist and let that be the guiding light while you're getting helped or supported by an expert. Which brings me perfectly into the third lesson. Experiment, 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 okay? And yes, I mean, like, go become a mad scientist and go collect your own data, okay? So it is so incredibly important to learn what works for you. You know, learn what doesn't work for you and learn what you like and learn what you don't like. And no one can tell you what your, air quotes, perfect way is. You have to experiment to figure out your own unique recipe because there isn't a way or the way, but also, you know, the experimentation side of it is a skill set that you can definitely hone in now, but then it's also going to work for you. If it works in one season of your life, it might not necessarily work in every season of your life. So that's why it's a skill set that you're going to want to hone in so that you can experiment to meet you where you are in any season of your life. And my favorite part about experimentation is that experimentation is the opposite of perfectionism, okay? You simply go experiment, get the data, and use that to course correct and hone in your strategy. And so when you take on the experimentation mindset, there's no such thing as a failed experiment because even the things that flat out don't work for you – That is new data, and it's a new data point to use to figure out what would work for you. So I invite everyone here to just become a mad scientist, go on experiments, go collect data, find out what works, find out what doesn't work, wash, rinse, repeat, and experiment, experiment, experiment. So those are my three biggest mistakes and lessons in a nutshell. And if you're interested in what we talked about today, you are going to love the next few weeks here on Outway, where we're gonna be chatting with my friend, mentor and colleague, Holly Baxter in the coming weeks. And let me say, ladies, you are in for a real treat with her wealth of knowledge and experience. And if you wanna hear more about the process of rewiring your own brain and self-image when it comes to food and your body, then head on over to stresslesseating.com and sign up to watch the Stressless Eating webinar. And on there, I walk you through the exact five-step process that my clients use to heal themselves from that all-or-nothing diet mentality for good but without restricting themselves, punishing their bodies, and definitely without ever having to use words like macros, low carb, or calorie burn. So I've laid it all out for you in five easy steps over at StresslessEating.com. So I'm Leanne Ellington signing out for this episode of Outway, and we will be back next week. Bye!
2: It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David.